Hey everybody, this is Thea. This is Daniel. And we're standing on the corner of here and now. Join us as we have conversations about all things recovery. And hang on to your seat. We're in for a ride. to the kitchen table here uh, in an undisclosed location in Texas. <laughs> Someone told me I, I like shouldn't that. say where, where we're at, so yeah. I don't know that it matters that much. But We might make it through this if they don't know where we're at. <laughs> right. Um, so I have an awesome special guest with me today uh, on the corner of here and now, and um, this is Chuck S., uh, he's a good friend of mine. We've known each other on and off for over probably 20 years, dude. Mm, been a while. It's been a long time. Uh, in and out of meetings together, hung out at his place a couple times. I have the honor of doing a group at the Barrier Recovery Center, House 4, every week, which he allows me to come in there and help the girls. And I use that <laughs> with the air quotes. They're really helping me. It's like adopting a dog. They're really adopting you. Right. Um, so I'm really excited to have him on today and just um, ask him some of these questions that we've been asking people on on here. Um, so you, you want to say a few words before we rock and roll, or you want to rock and roll? Just want to say I'm grateful to be here. I appreciate the chance to do this. And uh, how about we read the shirt I brought over to you? Yeah. So Chuck brought me an awesome new shirt that he made himself, and it says what? Go ahead and read it. It says, the 2020 plan. Stay awkward, brave, and kind. Mm -hmm. I don't know how he knew that that was my plan for the year, but it was <laughs> pretty much sums it up. Yeah. I tell you, if awkward's cool, I'll be cool as shit. <laughs> we've been waiting a long time to be cool, haven't we? That's right. <laughs> we thought we were cool before, and we we weren't. Yeah, being cool has kept me from doing a lot of things, I tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So is there anything uh, on your mind? Is there anything that you've been pondering lately that you'd like to uh, throw out into the airways? I know that you read a lot of outside liter literature and you do a lot of different different things to build your spirituality. Is there anything that's come across your site lately? Well, let's see. We did a Friday night group at my house on Friday. What did we do Friday? Oh, God. This is only Saturday, too. No, this no is Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Okay, it's Super Bowl Sunday, by the it's way. Been two days. That makes me feel better. Oh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday, by the way. It is. You're correct. It is. Um, we, I did, we did a video from the work of the people. Have you ever heard of that? I have not heard Website? of that. It's amazing. The work of the people. The work of the people. Hmm. It's an amazing thing. We listened to two videos by Richard Rohr, one of my heroes. Awesome. And Brene Brown, my other hero. <laughs> and I'm just cheerleaders for those two people. I know you are. They're amazing. They've uh, been game changers in my life. And uh, super grateful for them. Awesome. Cool. 
All right. Well, I'm going to ask you the question I've been asking everybody. What is recovery to you? What is recovery to me? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, you know, that, that's so funny because I've been talking to people about Alcoholics Anonymous now for 29 years, mm -hmm. right? And I just kind of take it for granted so often that if somebody comes up, most people I meet in the recovery community or in a treatment center, very few of them have not heard of Alcoholics Anonymous or, you know, most of them have. Right. So every once in a while, somebody will say, so have you been in AA? And they go, no. They'll go, what is it? And I'll go, well, it's... Uh, Exactly. <laughs> uh, I'll try to simulate a heart attack, you know, while I wait for somebody else to come in and answer the question. Uh, I, you do the, it's a fellowship of men and women who show their, you know, that one. And uh, so when you ask me, you know, what is recovery? been doing it now, and it's a good question. I would have to say it's just, I'm going to steal the line from the forward and the 12 and 12 then. Okay. Okay. Recovery is practicing a set of principles, spiritual in nature, which has removed my obsession and enabled me to be happy, useful, and whole. Yeah. Is it just for drugs and alcohol? As far as the recovery process? Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. No. I, you know, us poor old alcoholics and addicts ain't the only ones that suffer from a spiritual malady. Right. Right? And... Of course, I don't even want to call it a spiritual malady so much anymore. It's just human. Being human. Being human. Mm-hmm. That's been, I don't give a shit how spiritual you get. You right. can't rise above being a human. Right. And that's, I love the quote, we're not human beings trying to have a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings trying to have a human experience. Right. I can do spiritual experiences all day long. Sure. You know, that's easy. Right. It's the human stuff that gets me. Yeah. And uh, as far as the recovery process now for me, you know, there's a 10th step promise in the big book that says we've ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. Well, the promise I'm after is I've ceased fighting everything and everyone, even myself. That's the that's the only fight I'm in, baby. Okay. So, as a, this is cool that you brought this up. I was doing a ten step with a with a sponsee yes yesterday, and uh, she's got a little bit more clean time than I do. Actually, actually, I think she's sitting at 26, 27 years, something like that. And I said, okay, so here we are working these 10 steps, walking around, being aware of our thoughts, feelings, and actions at all times, and blah, 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 blah. And I asked her, I said, who are we really working this 10th step on? Are we really doing it on the checker who didn't bag our groceries right? And now we got to, you know, we stop ourselves. You know, we have that time of pause where we don't have to call the checker an idiot. We can just go about our day. Or are we working this stuff on ourselves, where I have the thought in my mind, you're a piece of shit, you're not worthy, and I can pause and go, whoa, wait a second. Right. This is really where I'm working my 10th step. 
is with the conversations I'm having with myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the enemy ain't out there. Mm-mm. Right. It's up in my brain. The bad neighbor, the bad neighborhood. Yeah, and that's, it take that, I've been doing a lot of practice on that, and it is a practice. Sure. You know, there's no doubt about that. <clears throat> I have the information, but, <laughs> you know, this yeah. information doesn't equate to transformation. Woo! And that's what I'm after. And that is a practice, and I have good hair days and bad hair days. You know? <laughs> uh, in fact, you know, part of the thing, and I don't know if this is a male thing or not, but you know, the idea of loving yourself. And what was sad about that for me anyway was I didn't even know you were supposed to, you know. Wow. And then even if you gave me some directions on how to do that, oh, let's do some mirror work. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, there'd be times, you know, i go, well, wait a minute, I just had a pretty good day. Well, I, why would I ruin it by looking in the mirror? Mm-hmm. And saying nice things about myself. Right. You know. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. And I think as we go along, and this is what I'm seeing for myself, as I go along in recovery and I continue to do the work and, you know, blah, 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 blah. It is so much less about everyone else. Like, it's just this huge, it's so much less about everyone else. And it's so much more about me and what's holding me back and getting out of my own way. And, you know, lately I've been doing a lot of, uh, family of origin work. I've had to step back and do a ton of family of origin work and really dive deep on some stuff and <clears throat> chose to get some outside help and, you know, stuff. And it's been, it's been rough. And there's that piece of you. I don't know if you say this to yourself, but I'll keep it on me. There's that piece of me that says, you should be a lot farther along by now. You, you shouldn't have to be right. doing this right now. Yeah. But holy cow. <clears throat> There's a book that just blew me away by Brene that said it was the gifts of imperfection. Mm-hmm. And she had a work, uh, an e-course that went with it. Game changer for me. Mm. Well, the book's called Gift of Imperfection. But at the right underneath that, it says, letting go of who you're supposed to be and embracing who you are. Yeah. Boom. Okay. That's that's my story right there. My my struggle. Right. Is you know I'm like I'm gonna pray, meditate, work with people, live a spirit, so I can get to be the person I ought to be someday. Mm. You know, continuing trying to be the person I ought to be someday. Right. And well, wait a minute here. Let's. Uh, who are you now? Can we embrace who we are? Yeah. You know. And that's kind of a difficult thing for me. Well, and there's that saying, you can't leave somewhere you've never been. Mm. So if I don't embrace who I am right now, I can't move from this spot. Right. Like if I'm not willing to admit that I'm struggling, then I, why would I even do anything about the struggle? You know, one of my favorite stories is, uh, it's, it's just, it's so helpful to realize that it is our jagged edges that connect us with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and the story is, God comes over to my house, and he's got a reel of my entire life. He's recorded my entire life. <clears throat> he says, Chuck, I'm going to show this at the movies next week. Would you care to edit it? And I say, well, <laughs> uh, yes, I would. <laughs> 
So I take it into my room, and I'm just going through the film, and I'm just cutting it to pieces, you know. Let's see, 1970 to 1980, let's get right now. (laughs) Just just cutting it to pieces, right? Oh, look at that. Oh, man. Mm, And uh, finally, you know, he comes back, he says, or she comes back. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Uh, And she says, uh, are you done? I'm like, I guess, you know. And... uh, he takes it from me and he leaves, shuts the door. And after he shuts the door, I start sweeping up all the cut film. And just before I throw it away, he walks back in. He says, stop right there, Chuck. Don't throw that away. I can use that. Here's the truth. He can use what I was about to throw away way more than what I gave him. Mm-hmm. Okay? And... It seems like the majority of my life, I'm walking around editing my life for oh, you. God. Okay? Boom. Mm-hmm. When the truth is, have you ever met anybody that's got it going on all the time? Yeah. I cannot stand them. <laughs> okay? I don't even <laughs> like them. And I'm trying to be like that, right? So there's a couple of reasons. I think I learned this from Brene. She, she put words to it for me. Uh, there's a couple of reasons why... Those people can't help me. Um, One is I can't see my story in their eyes. Mm. Mm -hmm. If you've always got it going on and you're okay all the time, which is BS, we both know. Mm -hmm. You know, I Mm -hmm. think what's killing not just alcoholics in the recovery process, but humans across the globe is, how you doing? Fine. How are you? Fine. Yeah. Um, there's nowhere to go from there. Right. Right. Man, social media. I don't, I don't want to get on a social media kick, but that's a big piece of that. I think is that, you know, we put everything on social media that looks good. We don't put the, we don't put the bad day. I don't post on social media. I just left my therapist and I'm driving in circles and I don't know where to go and I'm crying. You know what I mean? Like we don't post that part. And even if I did, that's not real anyway. Right. It's, you know. Yeah. So you get some likes from that or something. Right. But, right. Uh, it's a weird deal, though. You know what right. I mean? Like we're don't we have we're living in this strange time where all this this stuff is happening and it's bleeding out into, um, to the other areas of our lives. Um, going back to the recovery question, being that we both you know love Brene Brown, when she did that interview with. Um, Russell, Russell Brand. Oh, that was awesome. Wasn't, wasn't that a good, good one? That was amazing. She made a comment. I, she might have made it the comment more than once, but he asked her something, and she said, well, that's part of my reco- recovery. I don't. It might have been about, I don't know, smoking or something, or the way she deals with her kids or something. And she's like, well, that's part of my re- recovery. Mm-hmm. Like, the impression I got was that literally nothing was left out of the recovery umbrella it was the food, it was the exercise, it was the relationship with the spouse, it was like the relationship with her um, employees, like, well, that's part of my recovery. And I remember, because that's on video, it's on YouTube, if anyone mm-hmm. out there wants to search it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see his reaction. Like, he's just like, oh, wait a minute, everything is part of your recovery. That's how she defined being spiritually fit. Correct. In her she had that letter on her, was it her, I think it was her 25th year 
of sobriety. I think, yeah, and just in the last few thing. months. Yeah, it was amazing. It was letter. very good. Uh, That's on her website if anybody's curious about that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, her favorite sentence in the big book was page uh, 84, 85, uh, The Ten Set Promises, place of neutrality, <sighs> safe and protected. We haven't even sworn off. Instead, the problem's been removed. This is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. Yeah. It was her favorite sentence in the whole big book. And then she started defining being spiritually fit so she can stay in neutrality. And she would mention, you know, in AA we'll mention, you know, step work, yeah. play, meditation, you know, working with others and being selfless and, you know, all that stuff. Right, and, right. But you're exactly right. She went off in... Uh, Exercise, eating correctly, sleeping enough, you know, mm -hmm. how you treat her. Yeah. It's so everything. It's sure it is. I think we forget that sometimes. And mm -hmm. you you and I have been around a long time, or even people that haven't been around a long time. I don't, I don't mean to keep saying that, but we see the people that just staying clean, in air quotes, is enough. Nothing wrong with them. That's okay if that's their deal, right? I don't, I'm not judging. I just know that for me today, it's not enough. Right. So, right. you know, if I'm really going to take this program and really apply it to the best of my ability and really use it at for everything that it can be, I know that I personally have to use it, um, you know, across the board. And I need to as my life gets tougher, um, tougher. And I use that as a again, a, a wide ranging phrase. My life is not tough today at all. But I know that my spiritual condition needs to be going at the same pace. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And on the on the sobriety topic is that's the mistake I see most people make is they're going to try to stay sober. When the book in masterly detail describes you don't want to do that. You can't do that. We've lost the power of choice, the utter inability to leave it alone no matter how you know, and then we're going to beyond, try to stay be, sober. Uh, beyond human aid, all that good stuff. Which gotcha. sobriety doesn't treat my alcoholism, the opposite of uh, addiction is not sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. Ooh. And if I stay sober, it will make me drink. That's what makes me drink again, being sober, by the way. You know, in of itself, by itself. I understand what you're saying. Around, yeah, you know? yeah, we do. But uh, the other thing about the spiritual talk is what's... I still try to do today, and my first angel did it for me. We took the spiritual stuff out of the clouds and brought it down here where we are. What does that mean? Well, uh, it's, it was just too lofty. It's, you know, oh, you need to have a spiritual experience. Okay. Oh, geez. That's going to happen. Uh, so the God thing, huh? Well, he's so old, it'll take him forever to get here, you know, and I need help now. Mm. And let's see, God. Oh, the guy who is parting rivers somewhere a long time ago in the desert. Um, and what blew me away, now this is almost embarrassing, but I don't think, I, I know I'm not the only one. <clears throat> I was 33 years old and didn't know he was inside of me. So when it happened, and I right. had my spiritual experience, and, you know, being fried by this presence, I thought I was crazy. Mm -hmm. I thought I was nuts. Mm -hmm. 
And it took another person who had known a spiritual experience to tell me, to let me know what it was. Right. And that was early on in recovery for you. Right. Like you had a pretty, if I remember you sharing about it over the years, you had a pretty profound spiritual experience very early in your recovery that really rocketed you, <laughs> to quote the book again, right? Like I didn't have a really big spiritual experience like that till I was well into my recovery. Right. So, I mean, everybody's different, right? We're all moving along at a different timeline. Um, but I find that interesting that you had such a, uh, 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 well, such an experience so early on. I had it, and it brought me to you, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. I, when I got to you, I was totally awake. Yeah. But had no idea what to do with it. Right. Right. Interesting. So that brings me to another question about uh, steps 10, 11, and 12, as long as we're moving along these lines. 10, 11, and 12 are supposed to be maintenance steps. So... If we're maintaining, are we growing? If we're maintaining our spirituality, are we growing in our spirituality? Well, I know the correct words and stuff to say about that, you know. I but know you since we've ceased fighting everything and everybody, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. I'm just in maintenance mode, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, that scares me because if I'm in maintenance mode, like let's say I can bench press 100 pounds and my goal is to maintain that 100 pounds, mm -hmm. that means I'm never getting stronger. I'm right. working to maintain. So, a man, when we look at it from that spiritual aspect, if I'm bench pressing 100 spiritual pounds, for lack of a better way to put it, and I'm maintaining... Is that, again, I, these are, you know, these are just how I think about this stuff sometimes. I'm like, I want to continue, I want to do more spiritual weight. I want to mm -hmm. bench press 200 spiritual pounds. Mm -hmm. The only thing, the only reason I paused on that was mm -hmm. back to this uh, uh, letting go of who I'm supposed to be and embracing who I am. Okay. You know, because I'm continually trying, yeah, I want to bench press and I want to get better, better, better. Well, hold on. Uh How's it going, you know, now? You okay? Mm. You all right? Matter of fact, I am. Uh, but, you know, there's two things to that, you know, of course. Sure. It's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and wrestling, you know, things right. like that. Right, complacency. Right. But, you know, I don't know. It's It seems to be just as important. Well, here's an example. As I've noticed, you know, the people who have what I call a fourth column mind as opposed to a second column mind. Okay. You know, I walk around, I'm blaming everybody else for my struggles and my problems. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll never be free and won't be able to stay sober. And if you do, you're not very fun to hang out with. <laughs> well, you get a fourth column mind where it's not that you don't get disturbed, but when, you get, when I get disturbed, it goes like this. <sighs> What's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. You know? And... So I get this fourth column in mind. I realize that, oh, my troubles are of my own making. Greatest statement of freedom there is. Right. But there comes a time also that, yeah, it, it's important to find out where you're to blame, but you better find out where you're not to blame, too. Okay, because yep. Uh, yep. I started, I got a thumb on me, you know. Yeah. And, uh, 
it's just it's the same coin just different sides of the coin but it's the same coin mm-hmm. it comes down to you know I'm not enough right I'm not good enough blah 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 well then what I continue if I'm not good enough not worthy low self esteem blah 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 right would that warrant continued spiritual growth I guess, but I'm going to put a little caveat on there, depending on what my motives are. Like, I don't want to spiritually grow because I want to feel better about myself. That's a slippery slope, right? Like, what are my motives in this? Am I wanting to grow spiritually so that I can go to meetings and do things and people are going like, wow, Thea's so spiritual. And then I feel better about myself or am I really seeking? Because, you know, we're going to seek. We're, you know, we're so... you know, I'm either going to seek the drink or the drug, the sex, the Amazon, or God. or You know what I mean? Which to me, everything is spiritual. Mm. So, you know, there's a word called when I get selfish, dishonest. Not <laughs> if, if for some reason, you know, yeah. I think it's if sometimes. Yeah. And it's very important for me to realize that telling lies is a spiritual life. As long as I tell you that I lied, mm. that's a spiritual life to me, you know, yeah. being selfish and then realizing, oh, I'm being selfish is a spiritual life. Being afraid yeah. is a spiritual life because uh, you get courage from that. Yeah. And so, you know, to say this is spiritual and that isn't, that uh, gets kind of confusing really. Gotcha. I don't think there is anything that isn't. Yeah. The NA basic text says that uh, if it's not spiritual, it's not practical. Hmm. Kind of go along those same lines. You know, yeah. if, I'm doing the, if I'm doing the spiritual thing, or you could even say it the other way around. If it's not spiritual, it's not practical. If it's not practical, it's not spiritual. Hmm. You could really kind of flip that around, I think. Kind of the same thing you're talking about. Everything's spiritual as long as I'm willing to see my, my part. Column right. four. Or even, uh, you know, in a, you're, I'm in a room with a bunch of new people. I mean, we still got, I mean, blood running down our arms and shit. And you're mm-hmm. thinking, oh, all right, who in here doesn't feel like they're spiritual yet? <laughs> well, lots of people will raise their hand. Yeah. Well, it's untrue. Yeah. Uh, but I, would, I raised my hand, too, when I was new. Okay? But the truth is, we're all spiritual. And, but... You may be like I was when I got here, and can be at times. Mm-hmm. I was spiritually sick. Right. See, I didn't know you could be spiritually sick. Right. I thought if you were spiritual, you were okay. Right. Right. Oof. Boom. Good it's stuff. It's like health. You, you, can, you yeah. can say the same question. Who in here doesn't feel like they have health? Right. Well, you can raise your hand, <laughs> but you have it. It may be bad, may be fair, may be great, but you can't not have health. Right. I believe we all have a spirit. You can't not be spiritual. Gotcha. It can gotcha. be fair, good, right, you know, that kind of thing. That's huge, though, because mm-hmm. some people sit around, I'm just not spiritual today. Right. Wow. All right. That's cool. It's a, diff- a totally different mm-hmm different way to flip it around right. and see it like, like that. It's that it's that thing about realizing, I, I think I need to get something all the time. And the truth is, I already have it. I got to, we get well by subtraction, not addition. Mm-hmm. Okay, we already have it. I love the story. Of course, I wish the story was clay 
<laughs> but it's not. It's a. Uh, it's it's a uh, stone, but I, but the story is. But but I get the gist of it. It's very helpful to me. The story of Michelangelo who made the statue of David. Right. It's a beautiful statue. Apparently, it breathes. If you see it in person, I haven't. But they asked Michelangelo, how'd you make that? He said, well, I took a block of stone and chipped away everything that didn't look like David. That's mm-hmm. how I got it. Mm-hmm. Well, that pretty much describes my recovery process. I came in as a very willing block of stone by God's grace. The meetings, the step work, the sharing of our secrets, the making of amends, the connection, the being vulnerable is the chisel. God's the sculptor, and one day at a time, he's chipped away everything that doesn't look like me. So far, this is what we have. Mm-hmm. And people who know me well will confirm that he is not through with me. <laughs> uh, but, gee, what a, what a difference. But that's why I lo- don't really like to say, you need to change. Because uh, now we do, in a sense, but to say you need to change means there's something wrong with you and you need to change. I prefer not saying, because... In one way, I could say I haven't changed a bit since I got here. What I've really done is just continually discovered the good that was always inside of me. The more I discover what's already been there, okay? Now, it looks like change, but it's actually just discovering the good that's already inside of me. And subtracting the negative. The thing or as that, much of it as that we, that's not Chuck. The, the blockage, yeah. right? The, uh, what yeah. the book says, face yeah. and be rid of. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And, you, and the, by the way, you have to face and be rid of it. You can't act like it's not there and be rid right. of it. Right. That's what I like to do. <laughs> Pretend it's not there and get rid of it. Uh, run around it and get rid of it. Uh, lie about right. it and get rid of it. No, it is face and be rid of. Face. Gotta, and oof. that's the that's the work. That's the uh, that's the courage part. Yeah. It's always interesting when it comes to that too. Is when it comes to really face the things that I don't want to look at or pretend I don't have or, or don't even notice, you know, that I have yet, you mm-hmm. know, things like that, <clears throat> which I'm sure there's quite a few. Uh, but when it comes time to go in there and face it, it's like there's this, I don't want to go in there. It'll cook me. It'll kill me. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll burn up there's fire in there can't you see let's go around it let's Mm -hmm. go around it let's go around it'll burn me if i go in there and look at this stuff well eventually i get so tired of running around it i'm already burnt so i go what the hell so i go in and something interesting happens when you're willing to go in and look at it there is no fire there's a space it's an interesting space it's where transformation occurs. Yeah. It's amazing. So, and of course, wow. I think, you know what? Next time I'm going to go right in there. Yeah, well, <clears throat> yeah no. <laughs> it doesn't seem to work that way. No, it doesn't. No. We still run around and chase our tails and do well, all that. What helps of crazy me stuff. is having people, courageous people with me, you know, that I hang yeah. out. I get so much courage from you. Thank uh, you. I don't apologize anymore for needing people. Yeah. Uh, it's, 
I can go out and kind of, I can do some stuff as long as I have a soft place to land. Right. That soft place to land is friends who, uh, I, I think Brene says it, not, not in spite of my imperfections, but because of them, they love me. Right. You know. The marble jar. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what gives me the courage to do stuff. Right. Wow. Whew. We've covered a lot of ground already. It's pretty awesome. So I'm going to ask the second question. <laughs> We've only done one question, which is awesome. Uh, what is success? <laughs> Well, I got a really good joke on that one. Do I'm it. Not going to tell oh, about okay. It. <laughs> uh, and you can, you can, you know. Success, I, I guess, to me, for me, would be this: to have the courage to express and receive love uh, as often as possible, and. Um, I don't know which is most difficult, expressing love or receiving it. Um, they're both difficult, but uh, it is a, uh, I, I think success would be that, uh, kindness, uh, letting people in, uh, and realizing that we're all, everybody's afraid. It's not just me. And uh, I have a little thing here. I think you're asking me to read before this yeah. thing's over. And yeah, we pretty will. much covers that part of me because, you know, when I'm sitting in my office sometimes, I have a partner named Joe, and uh which is an absolute miracle, um, our relationship. Uh, and the words can't describe our love that we have for each other. Right. <clears throat> and words ain't going to be used either much, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Or who knows. Or fortunately. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, I'll be sitting in my office and I'm telling you, I'll feel the love just, you know, bubbling up in me and I go, you know, I'm going I'm to drive over there and tell him how much I love him. Well, it's about half a block or offices from each other. <laughs> I mean, I was four, he's like, okay. So it takes, I don't know, three minutes max to get there. So I'm all bubbling with this love and I just want to share it with him when I walk over there and cut through the side of the house, walk into the office. And I go, hey, man. He goes, hey. And all of a sudden, sometimes something goes. Mm. I'll go, what's happening? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. And walk out. But then there's the days, by God's grace, I'm able to say, uh, I was just thinking about how much I love you, man. I just wanted to come by and tell you that. Mm hmm. And he'll say, so he'll pause. Say, well, I love you too. Yeah. Now here's what happens. Here's the two things that happen between me just going in there and saying, what's that? <laughs> you know. Uh, 
But sometimes that's telling him I love him too. Of course. Uh, but when I don't share how I really, really feel and what's meaningful to me, I walk out of that office with like blinders on. You know how horses, they put the yeah. blinders on them. And that's how I live the rest of my day. Where if I share on how much you really meant to me, not only are the blinders removed, I see there's more life, there's more me, there's more you, there's just more of, I don't know how to use a different word than more, but no, that, there's just more of something. Well, so if you lock it down, if you, tur if you turn it off or lock it down, then you're turning it, it's like you're turning off, it's like if I hit the off button on this soundboard here, it shuts down everything. Whereas if I turn up one little thing, the whole thing can open up. Mm. That's kind of what you're talking about. Like, and I had never thought of it that way. But yeah, if I call up somebody and say, "Hey, man, I was just thinking about you. I want to tell you I love, love you," mm -hmm. the whole day changes. Right. It just changes. Whereas if I don't take advantage of that opportunity to do that, it shuts down the day. It dulls the colors. The sky isn't as blue. Something happens there. And you'd think I would have got that because um, my first fist step many years ago in Jim's garage, it's one of the most magnificent moments of my life, okay, what happened in that garage. Mm -hmm. And it was... Uh, the oral part of step five, I read all my stuff. You know, to be honest, my first inventory was just something to stall time with until I talked about what I really needed to talk about. <laughs> and I stalled time by reading my inventory to him in the kitchen. Then we went out in the garage, and then we talked. And I started sharing. Mm -hmm. And uh, what happened in there was just miraculous. Uh, <clears throat> I thought the things, I used to say, you know, we have a saying, uh, oh, you got to share all the sick stuff you did or whatever. Well, I don't say that anymore. I think all I really had to share was the thing that the, that the disease of alcoholism makes us shy, sensitive, Caring, loving, boy and man do. That's it. But there was so much shame wrapped around it. Yeah. And uh, when I said some things, and it was um, taken with just without pause and judgment. Uh, I had this feeling that he was, you know, wasn't going to like, you know, finally found somebody that liked me, you know, mm -hmm. well, this is going to be over now. And, uh, but you realize, oh, wait a minute, he loves me more. Yeah. I mean, I like to use the word more in love, cause, but, sure. but there was something that happened there. And that's when I realized, and, and this is my mantra here. You can, I can take this one to the bank, and I'll share it as many times as anybody will let me. 
God reveals himself to me as I reveal myself to you, as I let you reveal yourself to me. Mm-hmm. That's it right there. And the search for God is not up and down. It's horizontal. And even our book, if it's very interesting. It says, one of the promises of step five is this. We thank God from the bottom of our hearts that we know him better. Well, I thought, well, wait a minute. I just did all this stuff on me. I thought it should say I get to know myself better now. Right. But it says we thank God that we know him better. Well, of course we do. For me, when I want to get to know God better, it's real simple. Let somebody get to know me better and get to know them better. That's it. God reveals himself to me as I reveal myself to you and let you reveal yourself to me. When I start feeling a little distant from God or whatever, all I got to do is look at my relationships. I'm back to, how's it going? Fine. (laughs) What are you doing? Nothing. How's it going? Fine. Vulnerability. Right. Our friend Brene Brown. That's why I love that word because instead of, you can just use one word instead of, that whole paragraph I just had to use for it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's amazing. It's the scariest thing in the world, but it's the thing that opens up everything. When you go to Joe's office and say, hey, man, I just want to tell you I love you, you're just being vulnerable. Right. Yeah, I like the jest in front of vulnerable. That you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice minim- minimizing word. Yeah, you know, just, yeah. you know, it's not just a big deal. In there it's just, all, it's yeah. just a walk in the park. Nothing to it. Yeah. yeah. And talk, you know, and saying it to the people that scare you even more, you know, <clears throat> you know, it's the, Joe may be an easy person for you to say it to on some level, but then there's other people in your life that maybe you've had different types of struggles with or whatever, you know, me going back to family of origin stuff. It's sometimes it's really hard to say, I love you. Hey, I just wanted to call and tell you, I love, love you. That's real d- difficult right now, but it might be exactly the thing that needs to be done. Right. That's just going to change the whole trajectory of what's going on. Well, and it comes back to this. Uh, I used to think if I got honest, you'd get honest. Well, what I realized is me being honest doesn't mean you'll be honest. Right. Me being honest, what it does is it makes me an honest man. Mm-hmm. That's what it does. Mm-hmm. Right. So me being vulnerable doesn't mean you're going to be vulnerable. Correct. It doesn't matter, right. though. It's kind of like an amends. It doesn't matter what the other person says. Well, you're... on that note, I had this little, you know, I call them regrets. I don't know if you've ever had any of those. <laughs> Just a couple. But, uh, I call it the karma wheel. You're driving down the road, life is good, the sun's shining, it's just, man, I'm grateful to be alive and sober. This is awesome. And all of a sudden, oh. Remember that thing? Man, I wish I wouldn't have done that, blah, 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 or why, that conversation. Mm-hmm. That. And for me, because I've never I've never had children, right, it would always seem to fall on my parents, usually. Uh, I wish I wouldn't have done that to them, you know, thing. And, well... It took 25 years to get this one, but I'd, I'd have those and go, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that to her. wish I wouldn't have done that to them, blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm pulling out H-E-B one time, and 
that little memory comes again of some, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> what came out of my mouth was, ah, I wish I wouldn't have done that to me. Now, it was interesting because that's when I realized, you know, if I'd have never done that to me, I wouldn't have done it to them. Mm. So that's where the real healing is. We're right back to ourself again. Because feeling bad or regretful about doing something, um, I mean, it's not going to stop me. No. No. The third step prayer. God, I give myself to thee to build with thee and do with thee as thou will. Remove me from the bondage of self so that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties so that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help if they love thy power and thy way of life. It's all about self again, going back to self. Well, I have an interesting view on that now because when, um, when you're looking for positive self and uh, there's not a whole it's, you know, it's usually you know relieve me of the bondage of self self is what defeated us mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> what my take now is um, when it comes to self is it's actually a delusion uh, if God's inside of me um, and part of me it's like I'm not made from God, I'm made of God. And so if he's a part of me, or we are, I love the saying, I'm not so because of who I am, I'm so because of whose I am. You know what I mean? <laughs> so for me to say that there is a self is actually a delusion. It's us. It's we. But I can sure think it's just me, and then look out, it's fixing it the fan, you know. Right. And I can cause problems, I can hurt people, I can harm people, I can harm myself with the delusion that there is just me. I'm going to do that. I'll handle this. Uh, here's what I think we should do. When the truth is, is here's what we are doing, you know. Um, there's been lots of times, I don't know if you've tried this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do the recovery process with just me and God. Just me and God are going to do this together, alone. Well, uh, so here's what happens. All <laughs> up. You know, I go, I'm, I'm tired of talking to all these people. They ain't listening anyway, you know. Come on, God, just me and you go do this together. So I'll go home to the living room with God. We're frolicking in the living room, just having a ball. I usually last two days max, <laughs> and then I have to ask God. I go, God, why are we depressed? <laughs> I think to say, I'm going to do this with just God, I don't even think that's God anymore. Right. I think we're not God, but he's us. You're not God, but he's you. I'm not God, but he's me. May the circle be unbroken. The expression of the beautiful, I call this, that's why I like to call this a sacred disease. Because you cannot 
recover on your own. What a gift that is, hmm. you know, because, trust me, if I could have, I would have. Right. Most people I know would have too. And it would be a lonely, lonely process, this recovery process. So that is the gift, uh, medical problem, spiritual answer. Because the answer is spiritual, I believe we can get weller than we would have been if we'd have never been sick. I think that's why a lot of us are brought to recovery. I think of it like a superpower anymore. The fact that I'm an addict or alcoholic or whatever you want to call it today, is it's my superpower. It's what got me this far. I wouldn't be where I am without it. I wouldn't be where I am without 12 steps, 12 tra tra traditions, step work, meetings, community, everything. Everything comes from the base of that. I, I you know, you know, I wouldn't be anything without it. I really believe there was a reason for it today. And, you know, some people didn't have to burn their life to the ground to get that. Correct. Uh, so now I believe that I always like, excuse me, I had to drink my Topo Chico there, <laughs> no commercial. Uh, so when a baby's born, It must be loved or it will die. Now, that's not a saying that's true. Mm -hmm. uh, it cannot take care of itself. And uh, it, I'm sorry, I don't have children, so I call it okay. it's, it's they, she, he, mm -hmm. uh, can't take care of themselves. <clears throat> so when they're crying and stuff, they're probably saying, they're basically saying, please love me or I'll die. Okay? And it's true. Right. Well, I don't think that ever changes, okay? But you can't really walk around and say, please love me or I'll die. <laughs> I mean, heck, you might even get arrested. But uh, this doesn't sound right. But I'm really saying that. But here's how I, I don't say, please love me or I'll die. What I say is, hey, uh, you, would you meet me at Starbucks later? Hey, uh. Hey, man, y'all hey, want to meet for lunch? Or, uh, hey, man, how's it going? Yeah. Uh, all the other way. But what I'm really, really saying is, please love me or I'll die. Wow. And I believe it. I never put those words on it, but I believe it too. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Whew. We've almost put in an hour. Isn't oh, that really? Crazy. Hmm. It goes by fast around here at the kitchen table. It does. <laughs> Do you have any? Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to wrap it up a little bit. And Chuck brought us something to read, so he's going to read us something. Is there a little history behind this, or do you just want to read it, or how do you want to do it? It's all yours. Well, I found a picture of, uh, I was going through photos one day, and my mom had taken a picture of me, and I'm holding the newspaper of when Neil walks on the moon. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, look at that cute little kid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And here's what it says. Do you mind if I read this? No, please, please. Go. Just make sure you read into the mic for me. Absolutely. 
At the top, of course, it says, sometimes the light's all shining on me, other times I can barely see. That's by Grateful Dead. Mm. That's, that's, that's a good little saying right there. It Ain't is. that the truth? It is the truth. All right. I was 10 years old when Neil walked on the moon. It was an amazing time in America. There was something I didn't know back then of the original 30 members of the Mercury, Apollo, and Gemini program. Only seven marriages survived. Those amazing images of the astronauts bouncing around on the moon obscured the alcoholism and depression on Earth. Thomas Burton said, what can we gain by sailing to the moon if we were unable to cross the abyss that separates us from ourselves? I wonder, what can be gained if we can't cross the emotional distance that separates us from the love of ourselves and each other? Yeah, we made it to the moon, but can I make it from my head to my heart? Can I make it to the person right in front of me? I've often found myself feeling the love for a friend and wanting to share my thoughts and feelings with them only to have it dissipate the moment I'm in front of them. It's as if it would be easier to go to the moon rather than share how I'm truly doing and feeling. I don't want to discount the amazing journey of the moon landing, but the voyage I want to take is from my head to my heart, to connect deeply and boldly with myself and others, and to soar from within, from the places where it all began, to access true meaning in my life that I so hunger for, unknowingly at times. It's been a practice for me to be vulnerable, to be willing to be excruciatingly honest with others. And although there is a fear in doing that, it's also where the joy lives too. Brene says, I can't selectively numb my feelings. Mm -mm. If I numb the negative ones, I by default numb the positive ones. Nadia, another hero of mine, says it's our jagged edges that enable us to connect with one another. It gives each of us something to grab hold of. And I know that God reveals himself to me as we reveal ourselves to each other. A search for God is not a vertical one, it's a horizontal one. I get to know God better as I let people get to know me better. There's a part of me that yearns for connection and a part of me that is afraid of it. If I ask Chuck, you want to go to the moon? Hell yeah, sign me up. Chuck, you want to share how you're really feeling and doing? Uh, not really. <laughs> so I have a dream that I will lose my masks, express and receive love, awaken to the possibility that I am lovable, that I matter, that it's okay to cry with each other, to feel disappointment, to be audaciously authentic, joyful, courageous, and afraid. That humankind can be both human and kind to ourselves and each other. The spirit that burned so bright in me as a child will burn again with a brilliance that at times astonishes me. It has me sit down and wonder and experience the grace of my own remarkable life. Dan P. says, imagine living in a world where we simply recognize that deep existential fear in one another and love one another boldly because we know that to be human is to live with that fear. If the moon could dream, perhaps that would be its dream for us.
Woo. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me at the kitchen table and having a deep conversation. It's been enlightening for me. Thank you so much. Wow. Okay. Cool. Well, we're going to end it there. Thanks again. I hope you come back. We chatted earlier about maybe setting this up in a couple different ways, so we're going to work on that. Y'all have a great day, and uh, thanks for joining us on the corner of here and now. Peace out. Bye.